Oh, hi, Rachel. Hello, Brian. How was your week? Terrible. Well, it's, you know, exhilarating. (laughs) (laughs) So I haven't slept all week. I can't get anything done. And this woman on the elevator today asked me if she needed to call an ambulance. And I I was not sure what the answer was. It was possible. You were toying with yes, (laughs) Yes, please. I was toying with yes. Okay, I can't wait to hear more. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, so you found yourself in critical condition in your elevator in Long Island City. Yes. <laughs> You're teeing this up I was perfectly. Panting and Tell sweating. me, Rachel, why were you passing out in an elevator? So um, I spontaneously got Combusted. a dog. Got a dog this week. That's right. Yes. I saw the pictures. But um, it was really just pictures. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yes. And so I have a lot of questions about that. Do you want to get just tell us about the dog? So um, on Sunday, we went to meet a dog. <laughs> Wait, stop. <laughs> stop right there. Like, obviously, we cannot tell the story without the questions. Okay. So let me tell it you. It happened the whole, very suddenly. It happened very Normally, suddenly. Normally, you and I would consult over these kinds of things. Normally, I've, I've I would seek advice. thinking about getting a dog. Yes, it happened gradually and then suddenly. <laughs> so <laughs> we AJ, my son, has been asking for a dog maybe every single day for the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. So I knew I eventually was going to get him a dog. Okay. And then I was at this kid's birthday party on Saturday, and my friend Tom Cerrito, who lives... Um, on the 10th floor, we're on the 11th floor, said that they are going to look at a dog. They're shopping they, for They're a dog. getting a dog. Well, they think they're going to pick up a dog the following day. And he said the dog, and I said, oh, really? That's so cool. What kind of dog? He says it's a St. Berdoodle. Oh. I'd never heard of a St. Berdoodle, but I <laughs> oh, knew. We can guess I, what it is, it's right? It's a St. Bernard cross with a standard poodle. And I said, that sounds so cute. And he goes, go online, look at them. And I went into like, at this birthday party, I went into like a Google a dog hole. wormhole. <laughs> it, it, like St. Berdoodle madness. I was in a frenzy. You were in a poodle hole. I was, I was like, <laughs> I must have one. And he's like, well, the litter is really big. This breeder was not expecting this many puppies, and she really needs to find them good homes very fast. So you should come look at them too. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe like sometimes the universe gives you a sign, and you have to follow Wait, the so signs. So let's fast forward. So basically, you made an impulse purchase <laughs> of an enormous dog <laughs> that's going to last twenty years. Well, maybe it will 15, be in your home longer than be, AJ is. Yeah, probably AJ will be <laughs> off to college, and we will be taking care of Coco, the Saint Berdoodle, who will be anywhere from one hundred and ten to two hundred oh pounds, God. like snuffle up, I guess. Like, but. So, it's like Marmaduke. So cute. So they show me... This, so the next day, Sunday, Megan Cerrito, Tom's wife, who's my good friend, goes and sends me pictures of her dog, Thor, next to this other brown dog. And she says, this is our dog next to your dog. Oh. And I was like... I guess this is our dog. I was like, well, we should just at least go and meet oh, her. Oh, that's how it starts. Let's, what harm What harm could there be in just meeting them? Just meeting the I'll dog. I'll just so, go on a first date. So I brought it up to Josh, and Josh was getting very excited about it. It's almost like I didn't realize how much he wanted a dog, and suddenly like, he was 
like, yeah, let's do this. Like it, it had been like building up this like untapped so it was demand. Spontaneous. So we went and we fell in love with this puppy. She's 11 weeks old. She's 22 pounds already. She looks like a medium sized dog. Her paws are massive. She's so cute. Oh. I will post photos and, and link and to how, her. So, okay, in the so show I know notes. the name. I don't want to give it away. So how did these are part of my questions? How did you come up with this name? Was it scientifically researched? Did no. you peruse the top baby names? No, AJ named her Coco Love Brown, oh. which I think is a very cute name. Yeah, were those just like three words he liked that he strung together? Well, he was like, she looks like chocolate and like hot cocoa. And he's like, Coco, I love the name Coco. And I thought it was such a cute name. And then he's, and he's like, I love her. So and- it's love. Yes, love and brown because she's brown. Coco Aww. love brown, and I was like, okay, that's great. But then yesterday he's like, her name is Coco Violet Brown, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I so thought the it name was, was he, he named her with great conviction. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's still Coco. The middle name is fluctuating, <laughs> fluid. <laughs> but um, so now we have this gigantic dog. So what are you going to do? You live in a not tiny but a re- normal New York sized two-bedroom in Long Island City, and this dog is going to occupy... <laughs> the entire, entire square footage. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. We had to get like a 40... I was like, I went into the pet store. I didn't even own a leash at this point. By <laughs> well, the time... it's not like you had a leash in reserve. I know, like, I didn't plan Josh this. On the leash. <laughs> and so we go, we pick up the dog, we bring her in the car, and it's already like 7 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We went to the pet store. It was closed. Oh. So we had no supplies. We Did just got kibble? like... Did we had food? like two days worth of dog food and some treats. And that was it. We had nothing. So the so next you were day, utterly unprepared I'd, for this adventure. I mean, completely unprepared. So, so I think it's great. At our age, we don't jump off the cliff and just do enough spontaneous things that we know in our hearts will bring us joy, even though in some ways it's grossly irresponsible. That's exactly it. And I felt like, and you know, it's not that grossly irresponsible. So many people <laughs> in New York have dogs. It's kind of they're a normal... far less qualified to have a dog than you are. It's right. I figured I'll figure it out. However, <laughs> I thought I knew a lot about dogs because. I like dogs and I never had them growing up. So I thought you put the leash on the dog and the dog walks. No, that is not the case. (laughs) (laughs) So the first day that I went to walk Coco, I put the leash on her and she just kind of sat there and people were, and I, I was picking her up and lifting her and like sort of, moving her to different locations <laughs> and people were looking at me like this person is really an really idiot. Really bad with dogs. <laughs> so it's kind of, I need to be trained just as much as Coco needs to be trained. Are you going to get uh, Coco pet insurance? Yes. And of course, I'm going to go to policyadvisor.com tomorrow, yep. first thing, because you every know, you, pet should be insured. Every pet should be insured. And I think only, I don't know, less than 20% Very small percentage. of percentage. Okay. Well, make US sure Coco's on the, on the right side of insurance. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I have one final question about this. So St. Bernard, you don't hear a lot about St. Bernard's anymore. No. I always think of them as like having a barrel a around barrel their A barrel of neck, brandy. Like a barrel of brandy, like digging people out of the ice yes. in like Northern they Canada. They save people. They, yeah. They're rescue dogs. They're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful with children. So do you think those talents will come in handy in Long Island City? <laughs> Because you do get those winter winds coming in, whipping in off of the East River. You do, and I told Josh that I want him to get a little, like barrel for her oh totally right you gotta get a barrel we've got to get a little barrel with her name on it oh so cute cute. okay i think we've uh, for there's no nope there what's the nope about not getting any sleep because yeah the nope is just like i'm 
to- I feel like I'm in like a postpartum state. Like I'm remembering what happened after I had AJ. Like I really, I've been Well, up- if that's the case, the good news is there's only joy Only ahead. joy. She's- but dogs are big in the, you know, in New York City. You wouldn't think because everyone has small apartments, but... Um, People are really passionate about them, and not just in Queens. No, in Brooklyn too. So, yes. so I kind of miss when I told I sent you a picture of Coco out of nowhere, and I was like, "I got a dog," and your response was, "You just missed the window to apply for the real dog moms." of New York City. And I was like, what the hell is he even talking about? And then I saw there was... It wasn't congratulations. It wasn't how cute. It was like, you you missed missed the the window. I was like, what are... And then I realized I did because there was this big story in the New York Times about the real dog moms. It it was about this Miss Dog Mom USA pageant that took place last weekend. Is it owned by Donald Trump? (laughs) I I mean, possibly. It might as well be. It might as well be. And um, it was this very long story that was well-written, but also very confusing. And I'm not really bitter that I miss the window. <laughs> I'm not saying this out of bitterness. I, I just really don't understand who or what this pageant was for. Describe it, because I glanced at the article, it registered, I sent it to you, but I did not dive deep. Okay, so I read it, and I'm still very, I have a lot of questions. It was very long. It should have answered all my questions, but it didn't. So there was only like 12 contestants. They were all women. And um, the reason why they had this pageant is because the founders felt that there are too many dog pageants and they need more humans involved in these pageants. Okay, so with the dogs. So with the dogs. Okay, so it's not just that you're a a mom who happens to have a dog. It's the mom and the dog. And the dog showing together. Showing together. And so then they describe, like, the, the article starts with the rehearsal and it was a total disaster. Dogs are barking. None of these applicants had any experience in the theatrical arts. It was total chaos. Like, what could possibly go wrong? The premiere one, how would you have experience it's like an internship how do you get a job if you don't never had a job well maybe some of the contestants would have had pageant experience (laughs) or entertaining they were stage moms and now they're just stage dog moms not really so it was just a a disaster and um and i just i also didn't understand who the audience was for this so there's these 12 women with their little dogs (laughs) and like was it i don't know if it was sold out or if they sold tickets i'm just very confused and the reward seems very small Reward or the, the prize? Re- the, you mean the prize? The, the, reward, <laughs> the doggy treat. The reward for turning in these people <laughs> was $1,000 and the title of Miss Dog Mom USA. And they are now allowed to preside over canine weddings. Oh, which I didn't oh. even. So wait, what? What were the the uh, like categories? Was there a swimsuit? Was there like a general knowledge? There was like a performance. Yeah, there was like a dance performance, and then they had to come out in these like black sequin dresses, and there was a requirement that the women had to wear high heels, which I think is no, like that's very unBrooklyn, very like unBrooklyn, and also like very unfeminist. Do- also irrelevant to the ability to be a good dog mom. Totally. In fact, I would say that wearing high heels is like the inverse of being a dog mom because you can't like chase after your dog go for a healthy walk you can't maneuver park there's no room for new for maneuver (laughs) and also what if you have an injury like me i had foot surgery 
several months ago. I'm out of contention. It violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. You (laughs) can't be in the pageant. I can't be in the pageant. Even if I wanted to apply, which I did not, I couldn't have been. And again, I'm not saying this out of bitterness. (laughs) Okay, next year, I think you should apply. I don't want to talk. No, this is. I mean, these people are insaniacs. No, like, no. I don't know, dog. I'm. I'm just getting into like what it means to be a dog person, and if this is it, I want off this train. Okay, no, <laughs> no, no, no just shut it down. Love your Coco. Don't enter a pageant. Okay, uh, this is going to be an abrupt change of topic here. I am going to talk to you about Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Perfect transition, Brian. <laughs> speaking okay. of dogs, um, we all remember Jerry Falwell, 1980s, super conservative evangelical, endorsed Ronald Reagan. Now his son is running the show. He is not a minister. He is a lawyer and a real estate developer, but he is the chancellor of Liberty University, where I have visited. Our finest living, living institution of higher, higher learning, knowledge. Barely accredited. <laughs> That's right. So um, this is about politics. So Falwell Jr. originally in the last election endorsed Ted Cruz in the Republican nomination. And um, so much so that uh, Cruz had his presidential announcement that he was running at Liberty University. And it was mandatory for all of the students to attend. To attend. To attend, which seems a little shady, but – Whatever. For a university called Liberty University. <laughs> you should be free to attend whenever you want. Yes. But no. This but no. Was, uh, so this gave Cruz real credentials. But then suddenly, mysteriously, uh, Falwell's flipped and decided for mysterious reasons that he was going to endorse Donald Trump. Oh, suddenly, out of nowhere. Suddenly. Okay, and he was I wonder what happened. the first evangelical leader to do so, and Liberty University governors, whatever, lost their fucking minds because Trump is obviously a sinner, does not live a Christ-like live, you know, uh, existence, and so, of course, they had trouble with this. So something seemed amiss. Yeah, Thank goodness we have the New York Times, <laughs> because they ran a cover story uh, that uh, the headline is a tangled timeline leading to Falwell for Trump. And let me tell you, it is tangled. Yeah, there's been a little bit of this bubbling up in like a BuzzFeed article. There was a BuzzFeed yeah. article, but yeah. it, no one summarized it quite like the okay. Times. So I'm okay, going dude, to, this is one of those things, this, this might go on a little bit, but I promise there's payoff, it's worth it. So this starts when... Uh, uh, Falwell Jr. and his wife Becky stayed at the Fontainebleau Hotel in South Beach, which is known for its decadence. There's celebrities and topless sunbathing and wild raves and so forth. Again, Perfect for a puritanical evangelical. Exactly. And chancellor. it was there that he and Becky met a 21 year old pool boy named Giancarlo Granda. <laughs> Yes, I've well, I heard about admit, Giancarlo. I must admit is quite attractive. He is. They In have fact, good to, taste. To the point where I saw a picture of Donald Trump and uh, Falwell and Giancarlo Granda, and I thought that Giancarlo was Falwell. Yeah, you were like, I'm kind of attracted Active. to Falwell. And I was like, let me see that picture. What are you talking about? No, that's Giancarlo. <laughs> I was like, no. Okay, so apparently the Falwells were impressed by his ambition. So they took him under their wing. They took him hiking and water skiing in Virginia. And they even flew him to meet Donald Trump when he addressed Liberty University. They flew him on a private jet where he was uh, he was photographed with a copy of The Art of the Deal. Okay. Um, and the Falwells believed in him so 
much in his ambition that they offered to help him start a business in Florida. Now, Giancarlo also had some somewhat shady business partners who he roped into the deal, Jesus Fernandez Jr. and Jesus Fernandez Sr. Uh And they also got in business with Jerry Falwell III, their son, who goes by Trey. So Trey Falwell. Okay. And they hatched this scheme uh, what is the ultimate moneymaker in South Beach? They decided to buy a youth hostel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, I knew The this. ultimate. <laughs> now, they were not going to raise it and build uh, luxury condos there. No, they wanted to operate it as a youth hostel. Like a cheapo. A like cheapo, youth- yes. Here's, so there, it has 12 people to a room, and it's <laughs> advertised as one of South Beach's best budget party hostels. And is always listed as, quote, gay-friendly, which I support, but I suspect that means more than friendly. It's like a flop house that, like, Andrew Cunanan <laughs> would stay in. God, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> With a roommate, maybe. So um, a, a reporter from Politico visited it at some point, and uh, he said it featured a sign that said, No soliciting, fundraising, politics, salesman, or religion. And he said, in, inside the hostel, the stench of general decay and cigarette smoke is overpowering. Tourism pamphlets included one for Tootsie's Cabaret, 74,000 square feet of adult entertainment and full nudity. So this is like a palace of vice. This is a palace of sin, <laughs> 12 to a room. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, Basically owned by Jer- Jer- Jerry, Jerry Falls <laughs> Jr. Okay. Exactly. So... For some reason, as happens to these things, there's a lawsuit over the hostile ownership. There's like multiple mortgages and loans that are all entangled with Liberty University and the Falwell family finances. And then somehow it emerges in all of this that Giancarlo Granda and both Fernandezes um, had compromising pictures of the Falwells. And yes, that came up with the Michael Cohn conversation that's that was coming, recorded. That's coming. That's okay. Stand by. Right. Okay. So um, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. So the Fernandezes were so traumatized by this that they were scared of the implications. They changed their name. Um, Jesus Fernandez Jr. changed his name to <laughs> Gordon Bello, and his father Jesus Sr. changed his name to Jet Bello. I thought you were going to say like Saul Bello. <laughs> <laughs> Jet with two T's. Okay. Right. All right. That's cool. That's cool. So at no some, at some point, yes, of course, who enters the story, but Michael Cohn, okay. who intervenes to try and buy and bury this these pictures. The which, fixer. The, who may or may not exist, these right. pictures, right? And uh, it didn't work. He offered it, and they were, I guess they had too much integrity, or the pictures didn't exist, or who knows? I mean, of course they exist, They right? exist. Why would they change their names <laughs> if there were know. no pictures? That seems extraneous. Like, yeah. it seems like overkill to change your names because of this. Um, <laughs> and then, once we already have Michael Cohen involved, let's bring in Tom Arnold. Right. <laughs> okay. So Tom Arnold is a friend of Michael Cohen, and he was making this Vice show for, like, Vice on HBO about trying to find additional t- Tapes like the Apprentice tape, which are incriminating. Oh, he's been obsessed with this obsessed for a long with time, this forever, right? So he decided he met Michael Cohen for breakfast at the Regency, of course, and he filmed this. And he claims now that he has tape that never aired that um, says that Michael Cohen admitted to trying to buy and bury these um, yes. these photographs, right? Um, and everybody denies everything. And now the Fernandezes are suing everybody to get their good name back and to get their share of the hostel back. And this story does not have an ending. So the Fernandez is <laughs> no all. 
I think they're the key to all of it. They could bring down Trump. They the Fernandez is Jet Bellow. Jet and, and Saul Bellow. And Saul Bellow <laughs> are gonna bring down Trump. Because yes. okay, if you saw a picture that was so scandalous <laughs> that both of the you and your are dead with John Carlo. <laughs> well, yeah, assuming that's what it is, but we don't know. It's, it's a photo. It was so scandalous that you and your father both decided <laughs> to change your name. It must be really bad. <laughs> we have no choice. Maybe the Fernandezes are in the pictures also. Maybe. It could be, yeah. But and there was this whole entanglement. Changing their the, name wouldn't change their face. Someone had a face. bankruptcy. I can't, like, I got, I got, I'm a good reader. Yeah. And I got, like, 80% of the way through this uh, Times article and my eyes just crossed and I'm like, I, I can't. It's a lot of entanglements. But the thing is that if you follow the money and follow the photos, it will, it all will eventually be revealed. I hope so. And then we will know why Falwell Jr. suddenly stopped supporting Ted Cruz and started supporting Donald Trump. I suspect that Giancarlo Granda is the hero of this story. John Car- this is what I don't understand. Who's also, by the way, now a law student at Georgetown University, like Tiffany Trump, right? Oh. Oh, maybe there's wrinkle. a wrinkle there. Well, so <laughs> a twist. John Carl. this is what I don't understand. I mean, I have so many questions about the story, but what is the innate talent that... Falwell Jr. and Becky noticed while they were staying at the <laughs> Fontaine Blue <laughs> that he had such ambition. He was skimming the pool the, very, very like, talented el- way. elegantly. No, like, I mean, he was wearing a Speedo probably. Yeah. That was his talent. Yes. And they wanted to like have a threesome with him of or something. Of course. That's why. Okay. No, no. No, Falwells. Go bury your head in the sand. Go get fired from Liberty University. And John Carlo, go live, go live in this hostel. Go live in this flea bag gay youth hostel. That's where that's you where deserve you build, to that's live. That's where you it. Well, no, they shouldn't be allowed there because they'll prey on the poor young Andrew Cunanans. They belong in jail. They belong in they jail. Belong. I don't know. We had no evidence that they did anything <laughs> illegal here. <laughs> but but I mean, we know they anyway. did. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. We love grifters. We love grifters, and um, you know this is part two in our fallen athlete series. Right, wait, who did we do last week? <laughs> we, we talked. It wasn't last week. It was a few weeks ago. We talked about Dennis Rodman, um, who was caught stealing yoga pants right. from a hot yoga studio. Now we have um, Lenny Dykstra. Oh, the old Met. Uh, yes, our finest living center fielder, Nails. Nails, yes. Nails Dykstra. Now so, you know he used to sort of work for me. <laughs> <laughs> in what capacity <laughs> I'm very well I was like a publisher of the street.com uh-huh. financial site and he wrote a financial newsletter called nails on the numbers nails on the numbers and wow. uh yeah he I think we did like technical analysis of stocks really let me ranted Dijkstra. about them yeah except I wasn't allowed to talk to him um only uh the Big TV personality who runs Jim the street. Oh, like you said it, not me. Okay, uh, talk to him, but I signed his paychecks. Okay, so, okay. There you go. That's my connection. To okay, interesting, fascinating. Well, you will be happy to know that he <laughs> went for a sandwich <laughs> at a Jer- at a New Jersey sandwich shop Was called it Jersey Subs. Jersey Mike Subs. Jersey Mike. That's a big franchise. Oh, okay. Well, it's in a strip mall two miles from Lenny Dykstra's home. And the thing is that um, Lenny Dykstra said that the bread is really hard on the subs. Is that why he likes it or that's a complaint? Um, he loves it, but the bread happens to be hard. Maybe that's oh. part of the appeal. Okay, I don't know. Be. That I... might be like the Jersey style. Making <laughs> <laughs> it Jersey style. I don't style. necessarily <laughs> like when the bread is too hard, but listen, everyone's different. To each his own. <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> so, 
So, but this is the questionable thing. So Lenny Dykstra has dentures because um, he got his teeth knocked out in jail one time. Oh, I thought it was, I always thought it was meth. I've seen him without the teeth, and no. I, I thought it was meth. No, he was um, jail guards beat him, and his teeth got knocked out. So he has these dentures. So he took his dentures out, put them in a napkin, folded gummed up the napkin, his, gummed, gummed his. his- <laughs> sub and then he forgot <laughs> the dentures at the at the shop how do you forget dentures? how do you forget your own teeth okay so so the dentures are valued at eighty thousand dollars like because they're his as memorabilia or just dentures in general are <laughs> no they valued? were they are dentures are apparently very expensive is that their resale value is that what he paid to get them or is that their resale value I don't as think like there's re- on ebay lenny dykstra's dentures maybe they would go for more <laughs> Especially after this story. Okay, keep going. So the dentures were mistakenly thrown away by the staff at the restaurant. Because who among us would go through every folded up napkin to be like, are are (laughs) Are these these Lenny Dykstra's dentures? No, are these Lenny Dykstra's dentures? No. Keep trying. So, okay, so he realizes his teeth are missing and he did what any normal person (laughs) would do. (laughs) <laughs> How long does it take you to realize your teeth are missing? I think it was like right after. Okay. So he calls up his friend, who's a tag team wrestler named Sprinkles the Clown. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> And the fr- that would be my first call if I left my dentures. <laughs> who, who among us? <laughs> I would not call Sprinkles the Clown. So Sprinkles <laughs> comes and they dug... <laughs> So Lenny Dykstra and Sprinkles dug <laughs> through a dumpster for nine hours. Oh, looking for, for the dentures. Week, nine hours. So um, shortly after 11 p.m., <laughs> Sprinkles took to Twitter to ask for help. He said, you want to come help me and Lenny Dykstra look for his dentures tonight? <laughs> or does anyone? This is a serious question. And then Lenny Dykstra starts live tweeting the experience. He posted a series of videos of him and Sprinkles, and he clearly has no teeth in his mouth. Is Sprinkles in costume as like a clown? No, no. He's just like a big, like beefy wrestler. Okay. And so um, Lenny says, nails never fails. The teeth will be back. And he says this like with like a gummy. Gum, yeah. Okay. So so they keep looking and, and lo and behold, they found the teeth early on Sunday on Father's Day. They found them in the dumpster. They found them. They did. The mission was successful, but it, it took nine to hours. Never quit. <laughs> never quit. And never that was quit. the thing about Lenny Dykstra. They said he was tough as nails. <laughs> he, never, okay. he never quit. So, Still. so Lenny, okay, so I'm glad you found your dentures, but why are you eating a sub sandwich when, with no teeth? And, okay, like value your time. Like I know they're 80,000, presumably you're wealthy, right? Like just buy some new dentures. Or, or... Get a task rabbit to rummage through the <laughs> Get dumpster. Get a task rabbit for twelve dollars an hour to dig through the dumpster and like, give them a bonus if they find nine them. hours. I know of your time is is Lenny Dykstra. He could have written ten financial columns for the street <laughs> during that time. That lost people lost other people money instead of him money. Yes, exactly. Okay, no, no. There's a lesson to be learned in here, but I don't <laughs> care what it is. I think he made his life way more complicated than it needs to be, Lenny. Dykstra, streamline your life, please. Eat softer foods. Shut, <laughs> Shut down. it down. No. no. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, meth, uh, 
This is a story that comes to us from Limestone County, Alabama. I found this just today in the paper. Um, this is about, in, in Limestone County, there was a, a call to the police about a possible meth-fueled trained attack squirrel in the home of Mickey Pollock. But it's like a real squirrel. It's not just like a person who calls himself like, <laughs> no, like it's not sprinkles, the <laughs> sprinkles the It's an actual an attack squirrel that is jacked up on meth. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. So the police had been planning to do a raid, a drug raid of this home. And they were warned by neighbors ahead of time, be careful of the attack squirrel. Um, so sure enough, the police went in. The house was empty. Mickey was not there. But the attack squirrel was. They found it. <laughs> And they grabbed it and they released it into the trees. Be free, squirrel. Be okay. free. Right. Mickey Pollock escaped because he he got out before that. But he, then but then he appeared in a Facebook video on his page stroking a squirrel. And he said, you can't give squirrel. I'm not going to do a Southern accent. You can't give squirrels meth. It would kill them. I'm pretty sure, but I've never tried it. Okay, um, so he had a different squirrel, or was wait, he reunited? No, 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 right, right. Well, you would assume it's supposed to be the squirrel. Obviously, he's like, you couldn't give this squirrel meth; yeah. he would have died. And the police, the police were asked, "Did you see this video?" He goes, "Yes, we're aware of the video, and yes, that's him in the video." But I don't know when they say him. Do they mean it's Mickey or the squirrel? So the- <laughs> <laughs> now, in a subsequent video, Mickey Pollock reveals that he went home after being on the lamb. He just whistled. And the squirrel flew down from the trees and landed on his shoulders. Wow, it was Summit. a flying squirrel? <laughs> it was flying, trained, attack, meth squirrel. I didn't know squirrels were that smart or trainable. I don't think they are. I think maybe it was on instinct. Or maybe he had the meth in his pocket and the he was squirrel addicted. Right, he he smelled was addicted. It. He smelled it and he jumped right down. And the police reacted to this video and said, we don't know. He might even have two squirrels. It would just be speculation. So the police had the say. You basically have the instinct of the Limestone County. I didn't even think of this, of the, of the uh, Limestone County, Alabama police which is like it could have been two squirrels right it could have been a different a different squirrel under an assumed identity like the fernandez <laughs> jet jet bellow, bellow. <laughs> so now that was very brief but i think we've said everything we need but to no, say no i think like it isn't it illegal in alabama to have a pet squirrel oh that's like, right yeah yeah like, so the the violation here that they want to charge him with was having a pet squirrel not to mention having a having meth having a squirrel <laughs> jacked up on, on meth. meth it was like the the legal loophole here or the or is it double violation. is it double jeopardy can you, can you what if there's two squirrels can you charge them each do they each get charged with it? The squirrels don't get charged. <laughs> Why not? What's his name will get charged? What's his name? <laughs> Mickey Pollock. Mickey po- <laughs> no, Mickey. No, no, shut this down. No Let your squirrels, squirrels free. Send them to rehab. Get them off. <laughs> get, get them, them off, off the mat. No. Okay, no. No. Um, being compassionate to animals is a theme of this show. We love animals. We, we love do. animals. And we think that like everyone should stay in their own lane. That's Humans right. and animals Coco, sometimes stay should in not your mix. Labradoodle, whatever you are, Bernadoodle. Saint Bernadoodle. Right. Ber- ber- right, exactly. So um I went to a barbecue <laughs> for Father's Day. Okay. I grilled out with my dad. Um and I loved everything about it except for the bugs. Yeah. A lot of people don't like the bugs, the flies, the mosquitoes, and so forth. Yeah. Um, so there's this guy, Lorenzo Maggiore, uh-huh. who um, had a similar problem with bugs, with flies. He said, I was a weird kid. I didn't like flies. I used to put them in my Hot Wheels cars and send them down the track. 
They land on poo, and then they land on your food. Anything that does that, I'm not really interested in. Yeah, they're pretty gross. They're pretty gross. So that became his life's mission, to figure out the fly problem. So he invented a gun that shoots salt (laughs) to stun or kill the bugs, but importantly, it doesn't blow them to bits, as if you had shot them with a real gun. It just stuns them or disables them. (laughs) And last year... And then what happens? They <laughs> fall to the ground. They fall to the ground and then get back up? Like, I, like Last year, he sold a million units of wow. this salt gun. Um, and he said, that's another thing that's beautiful about it. It leaves them whole, right? So that's it's very important to him that they not get blown to bits. I don't know why the structural integrity of the flies, of the dead flies, is so important. I'm so confused by the mechanics of this. So you, what does the salt gun look like? Does it look like a regular gun? It's like a, like a water gun, like a, one of those super soakers. So you're basically just like shooting things at a barbecue with like salt, with people right. so there? So I have two different, two different problems with okay. this. Um, number one is you do this and you use it properly and you stun all the flies who are intact. But now you have salt over your food and your guests and your deck and everything. It's over season. <laughs> Pack your knives and go. It's disgusting. No, this is terrible. Right. So yes, you're shooting salt at your barbecue, at your food, at your guests. That can't be good for anyone's enjoyment. And number two, it's so popular that people are now leaving their doors and windows open to let flies in so that, so that they, they can, can shoot, shoot them? them inside. Oh my God, this is really a sign this of the This is Second Amendment. This, this is a Second Amendment issue. This, the right to bear arms. This, salt arms. No, no salt arms, no <laughs> flies. No. I think this is news you can use. I think if you're going to be grilling out this summer, I think if you're going to be head, you're going to head out to the Hamptons, no doubt. You're going to get swarmed by flies. This is the solution. You know, for AJ you. would like a salt gun for flies. He hates <laughs> flies, and he, you know, like most kids, kids is like shooting guns, obsessed with guns, which I won't allow him to have. Okay, but. so no Lorenzo Maggiore. We could do without just a fly swatter if you want to kill the flies. But didn't Lorenzo raise a lot of money? Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He he raised. The- <laughs> Thank you. I mentioned that. Um, yeah, he started with Kickstarter and he raised and then he got profile. Oh, he tried to make a Kickstarter video and it got rejected by Kickstarter, uh-huh. um, maybe because of the guns element maybe. of it. I don't know. And then Indiegogo approved it. And then he got a BuzzFeed article about him and he raised over a half million dollars. And wow. that's what kicked it all off. All right, Lorenzo. Listen, like you're an entrepreneur. Do your thing, I guess. <laughs> but find a better idea. Like I just feel like the experience of going to a barbecue will be diminished by this product. But I admire and it sort of your like tenacity. also takes away of like the delightful conversation and banter and let's make the thing. And if suddenly somebody suddenly, like, like bursts salt out. salt is in your <laughs> eye, like a fly with like a salt I'd rather wound. have a fly in my eye than yeah. a salt. No, no salt fly gun. No. (laughs) No. I'd rather have a meth addict squirrel attacking me. (laughs) Okay. They both are terrible. No. No. Okay, final item. Um, So, you know, I'm in the startup world and the companies I work with are always hiring. There's always people looking for jobs. And at some point in the last few years, like normal job descriptions went away and the descriptions started getting weird, right? So there's no longer just like PR or communications. You have to be an evangelist now. And you can't just be a coder or engineer. You need to be a ninja at whatever you do, right? Yeah. That's been around for a, or a, a sensei. A or... sensei, right. And uh, Atlantic did a great piece about this, sort of diving deep into this. And it's been creeping this trend 
from startup tech culture into like mainstream jobs and so forth. So, right, chief evangelist or like chief curator. It's right, nonsense. Right. So there's this. Uh, this I guess is still a startup world. So there's this is a ridiculous example of it. There's Alley co-working space. It's one of these like we work wannabes. Mm -hmm. So they were hiring for a job. I don't even know what job it is that says they want one part visionary, one part online warrior, one part pop culture guru, a dash of precocious energy mixed with a little lyrical whimsy and served with a shot of espresso. What does that even mean? What the fuck is that? And then they all complain that we got 5,000 unqualified applicants. What was missing? The shot of espresso? And I think like if you're going to even self-identify as that, it means like that they don't want to hire. to work. No. All these Gen Zers are like, I can't get a job. This is why. This is, why. This is not a job. It's like you have to... You have to just calm down these, <laughs> these HR people. Like nobody is wants to work all the fucking time. Right. Like, well, that's a that's a bigger thought. Let me give you one more example, and then we'll talk about the broader implications here. So here's another job uh, excerpt from a job requirement. It said the requirement is that if a sense of humor isn't your sixth sense, then even certified marketing ninjas need not apply. Now that was not for a startup. That was for marketing director of an upstate New York paper company. So we're talking about like Dunder Mifflin. Dunder here. Mifflin. <laughs> That is a very like um, right, Michael and they're Scott. even saying even a certified marketing ninja. So even being a ninja isn't enough. It's not enough. You have you to have a to, sense of humor, who, not just a sense of humor. Where it's your sixth sense, <laughs> you right? have to basically it's a be very a comedian. High bar. You need to be like in the movie. This you need to do stand up to be a marketing <laughs> like director. Mindy Kaling. Right. Maybe get that job. Right. Amy Poehler. <laughs> get that job. <laughs> they fortunately right. have other things to do. So there was, there's so many, you know, this sounds like a funny story, but there's so many ramifications for the workforce nowadays. So um, this guy, Ian Siegel, who's the CEO of ZipRecruiter, one of these job marketplaces, said older, more experienced professionals are generally turned off by employers looking for extremists. You're going to get mostly young men doing this. But it's a bigger issue of like... It's like extremism. Like if you're going to do your job well, you have to be like insanely extreme and work 20 maniac. hours a day and a maniac. And like what if you're like just want a little like life balance? What if you want hobbies? What if you want to be a mom or a dad or a what if you're a, care of a Right. What if you're a super competent person who, who wants really health quickly. insurance <laughs> and wants to like make a living? Well, and they, did a, they did a survey and said, what do people really want out of a job? And by far, number one and number two, not shockingly, are money and and flexibility. Yeah. I Not mean, shocking. That's why you call it work. We pay well. We accommodate you when you need to be accommodated. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You don't want to be in the office your entire life. The whole point of working is so that you make money do other things. to spend time doing <laughs> the things that you really love to do. I always like, when I worked at Twitter, there were... Um, all, there was this whole mantra of like love where you work and there was like well, hashtag like love thing. where you work all over the place. Yeah. And love what you do is we work. Lo love what you – yeah. And I mean I feel like love where you live is more – like tolerate what you do. To like enjoy it. Like it. Right. I think that's Most wonderful. Most days but also not every day. Can you be at maximum – enthusiasm maximum productivity <laughs> like, you can't like skip into work each day like with rainbows like if you read some of these job descriptions you think that like it's going to be like a tasmanian devil like spinning around on like crack right it's like, like you walk in and like there's a blowjob at the door <laughs> right? it's like like everyone really needs to calm down calm the fuck down and just get a like, job work for your job 
do however long it takes. If you, I mean, I, there's all kinds of people I know in the startup world who like want to fire people because they work 10 hour days and not 13 hour days or 15 it's hour It's unacceptable. Days. Yeah. It's really, especially for like people with commitments and families or dogs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's really unfortunate. And, um, it's a reason why a lot of people are not applying for any jobs because none of them fit any description. Why it's so hard to find good help today. Yes. No, no, no. no. Shut, Shut it down. down. Okay, Rachel, now is the part of our podcast, which despite all those terrible things, we now get to talk about the things that were delightful to us. They brought us little rays of light, little beacons of hope in this otherwise despicable week. Rachel, I have a feeling I know what topic you're going to return to. <laughs> yes. At I risk mean... of repetition. <laughs> You know, Coco was my yup this week. She is a beacon you of light. You burned your yup. You spent the whole first 15 minutes talking Talk, about her. But, you know, she is a yup. If, you know, to put it in like a Mary Kondo perspective, she sparks joy, except oh. she also turned my apartment <laughs> into a complete mess. So Mary Kondo would not approve. But, in, you know, you just think like when you're caring for a beautiful puppy, you're not paying attention to any of this horribleness. So I was able to get through the week with no sleep and just kind of focus on giving life to this <laughs> gift of life. Okay. We'll see how you feel about <laughs> this, this next week after another animal. week of no sleep. Okay. Here's my up. So last week we had an incredible interview with um, Seth. Seth Fratkoff. Seth yeah. Fred, who uh, who uh, got thrown out of Tootsie, Tootsie the, the Musical music. at the Marquee Theater for uh, throwing, grabbing and throwing the, the Twizzlers <laughs> of a woman who is rudely crinkling Twizzlers. <laughs> so this week I saw Tootsie the Musical. Yes. And I I give a huge yup, not just to the show, but also to Santina Fontana, who just won the, won Tony, the Tony for Best uh, best Lead Actor in a Musical. Um, he stole the show, but the whole thing was delightful. Like, the book was so funny. Um, but what also happened is I said, I got to do this. So I walk up to the concession stand, which was basically empty, so there was, like, no pressure. And I said, and I looked around, and I didn't see any Twizzlers. And I'm like, excuse me, do you have Twizzlers? And the woman turns around and is like, yeah, we do. Let me just ring it up to you. I'm like, no, stop. Stop. I don't want to buy the Twizzlers. I just want to see them and maybe take a picture with them. <laughs> and she's like, you okay, wanted to bear witness. You, want to, you want to take a picture with the Twizzlers? <laughs> this is Boots on the Ground reporting. We go and deep. Like, and I'm like, do you know why I'm doing this? She's like, I have no fucking idea. This is the weirdest thing that's happened. And I told her the story about Seth. And she was so good natured about it. And um, and she took the picture, which we will post. I just wasn't in a social media mode, so I didn't post it, but I will. Um, and it was delightful. And then I returned the Twizzlers to their rightful home where someone else could buy them and hopefully not eat them and make noise That's while they great. did. That's great. Was anybody making noise in No, the it was blissfully silent. So I think Seth's mission was accomplished. I think everyone in New York learned its lesson. Yes. Yup to Seth. You really made a difference. You sacrificed yourself <laughs> for the greater good. You're a patron of the <laughs> arts. That's right. So now I'm in a briefly in a good mood until uh the rest of the week gets me down yes okay, okay. so oh, one thing i did do is uh i explained to the woman at the concession that i talked about this whole episode on the podcast and of course she's like oh you have a podcast and normally <laughs> what i do is i grab their phone and just subscribe them um and so that works so likewise if you've enjoyed this podcast be like the woman at the concession stand at the Marquee Theater. Do not sell me a Twizzlers. Instead, subscribe, subscribe. to This Week in Nope. Tell rate, your friends. Rate, review, talk to people just like I talked to this woman about our podcast. 
It's a must listen. <laughs> News you can use. Miss. How okay. could you go on without knowing about an attack squirrel and <laughs> Jerry Falwell's Jerry Falwell possible three way with John Carlo the pool boy and a salt gun for flies? No, okay. you can't live. No, shut this all down until next week. Thank you for listening. Terrible, terrible week. Wonderful, fun podcast to record. This has been this week in Nope, the podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can talk about nothing. Shoot the shit, we got shit to shoot.